Is this thing on, miss? It is Christmas time. I wanted to throw this in really quick because you know, miss, I am not much of a Christmas like music person. Right. And I'm coming home and there's one Christmas song that I hate. I cannot stand it. Santa Baby. Yes. And they played it. I was enraged. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know if it was in that one or the other one. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. See, that one, you know, whatever. I'm not, I mean, nobody's winning any awards for that one. No? But the Santa Baby one, I, I'm driving, I'm clenching the steering wheel in a fury. <laughs> You're so mad you can't even change the dial. You're just like, <laughs> no. Um, How'd Jerry Clower put it? That carnal redneck blood started. Oh, <laughs> something start boiling up on the inside of me. <laughs> no, um, I actually heard a song today while at the store, and I really, really loved it. It reminded me of the very first time we went to go see him. Ronnie Millsap. Oh, man was playing Christmas and I was just like I almost wanted to cry because I remember just how bad it was the last time we saw him. Like Ain't that the not truth. bad as in he performed bad, but it was more kinda yeah. He was he's getting old and he wasn't what he was the first time we went to go see him, it was actually like tear jerking. Well the first me. time he wasn't great. I mean the poor guys Here's was, the thing. We were in awe. That's why I think it was fantastic. But comparing the two, the second was like, oh my goodness, he's a corpse up there sitting, like waving with his broken fingers. And like, it was pitiful. By the way, we got LaDonna, feel free to jump in here at any yes. time. We got we're, we're just rambling. Back to, now we're on a- I was glad to hear here. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Paul. It's yes. almost here. Yes, it is. Yes. You're not ready? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. Now, why are we doing this episode? LaDonna, you, I think yes. aren't, you're the one that approached me about this, right? Yeah. Here's the rules. Every time I say Natalie or Berean Holiness, you take a shot. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. No. Woo! I know better than that. Where's the whiskey? I will not go. <laughs> commit to anything like that. Jeez. So if she says Natalie like seven times in a row. No, because we already. What's, what's our thing? Natalie? Korean Holiness or Don Van Zant, we have to ring the bell. Dr. Um, Graham, too. Graham. Yep, Dr. Graham. Yep. <laughs> Are we adding Grace Story to that list, too? Oh, we should. So the whole thing came about because um, I said we, we're we hearing about all these other people, but we are not. We don't know much about you. Uh, <laughs> maybe you need to be interviewed. And then you went and did the ding-dang thing <laughs> and <laughs> stole my... There when, was like two wait, wait, episodes. Wait. Which one are you talking there about? There were like two episodes. The first one where I said why I left. Uh-huh. And then I forget what the next one was. But it was when the four of you guys were going to tell your stories and um, interview. You know, you just kind of told who is Phil Sparks or whatever. And I'm going down through my list while I'm listening. I'm like, well, there goes that question. There goes that question. <laughs> Well, and you were like, let's just do this, okay? Before you do any more podcasts and steal my questions. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, it got to the point where after every episode, I would get a message from LaDonna. <laughs> She's like, stop it. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> word for word. Yes. So we, we decided to do, you well, You came up with the idea. I think you told me, hold on, good Lord. Where's our, there it is. Yes. So you came to me about this because we were, having quite a bit of pushback and we would try to 
we'd try to answer some of it and then we'd get more pushback and mm-hmm. even sometimes we would get pushback on the episode that we tried to answer some <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's true. <laughs> and I think it was I think the it was more your you idea, addressed Madonna. it, the more like they, oh, yeah, got, they like flocked yes. to it and wanted to like rip you apart even more. And when you're better off just almost ignoring it. But since when do we ignore stuff like that? We're always I okay, hold on. I'm the one that's always like addressing it and you're just like Missy. Let them leave them alone. Well, I do the same because I do like to give it kind of due process. You know, I I like to take it seriously. And I think it was you, LaDonna, that said, what if somebody just asked you guys questions that they came up with? Yeah. Um, And of course, then I I said, would you do it? All right. So we're letting her have the reins? Yes. Okay. The other thing is, you know, I've offered to send you the questions ahead of time to kind of prep your answers, but you you declined. We said no. Right. Let's do this thing. Yes. All right. So um, my first question I've gotten from several people, I've seen it asked on uh, around social media, but then other people have kind of asked me. So here goes the big one. Why does the Hillbilly broadcast exist? Grace Story Ministries has their mission statement in their opening montage. And if you were to do something like that, what would it say? Mm. Thank God we can edit out pauses. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I kind of like you go like first, Miss. Why, why do we exist? Oh boy. Okay. First, from like right off the top of my head, why we exist? Um, for me, it's a way to be able to talk among friends and be able to like get pushback. Does that make sense? I like it when we have a very healthy debate and mm-hmm. we talk among each other. My parents tell me I should have been a lawyer, but um, yeah. <laughs> that rigs me side of you is yes. very, likes to <laughs> very, argue. very strong. Um, I, I like being able to talk about tough topics and among friends. And, and then that's one reason. Um, does that make sense? Sure. You like discussion. I like discussion. I really do. And secondly, we, I say we, I, um, I like it whenever our listeners have things that they want to talk about as well. And this kind of gives them a platform for us to be able to speak with the things that they are either unable to or afraid to say. I see. That's just my personal opinion on that i don't know if that does that make sense to everybody (laughs) LaDonna, does that make sense um i think it makes sense uh to a point the i guess the question is you said difficult topics what are you are you wanting to talk about a specific like okay i used grace story their focus is mental health and the church so what is your What's your biggest goal in in Hillbilly Broadcast that you want to the the tough topics that you want to address? Some of the tough topics have to do with the brainwashing of the CHM. I always go back to that because I find myself even <clears throat> today still struggling with some like thoughts that have been implanted in my mind by 
It's the one in the CHO. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, me, me too. Um, so it does kind of go back. Not that our goal is for mental health, but I do want to address the horrible brainwashing that the CHM has done and has affected my life, my family's life. So as Natalie, oh, there's a shot for you. Yay! Uh, the um, holiness, the legalism, and her focus is that Grace Stories is mental health. So then is it safe to say that uh, Hillbilly Broadcast is conservative holiness movement? It, I don't think it started out like that, but it it's definitely, definitely turned not. into it. I love tech and mm -hmm. I love gear. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have always liked to talk radio. Grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh and all that kind of stuff. Always loved it. And we loved talking. We loved debates. Yeah. We, it's, it really started off as just being a fun time getting together. The, the CHM initially was going to be one episode. It was. To where we're like, we were looking for something to talk about. We were trying to do the whole topical thing of, you know, what's in the news and let's do that. And, right. You know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's all right. But there's tons of people doing that. And we initially, we were looking for an episode. And I said, hey, guys, why don't we address how we feel about the CHM in an episode? Uh-huh. And we did it once, and then I think we wound up kind of circling back around to it again. Well, and it kind of exploded too. Like we were brought up. Oh, it definitely got a lot more things. attention. And everybody else, like I say, everybody else, a lot of other people were commenting and saying, "Hey, thank you for talking about this. We thought we were alone mm -hmm. in feeling this way, but you guys are actually like voicing everything that we've been feeling." Yet, yeah, I guess you can say, in answer to Ladonna's question, the CHM is definitely a cornerstone to our conversations. Yeah. And if now to, to answer the second part of that question, if we had a mission statement, right. What would it say? Uh, honestly, I just, I enjoy, uh, especially difficult conversations. Okay. I love those Same. conversations like, like about racism and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've had a few of those, not very many, like with Byron. I think we should have more because I, but anyways, I'm going down a rabbit trail. Yes. But I have a friend who's adopted um, two little boys, they're African-American boys. They're beautiful little ones. And I'm like, I so want to have a conversation with her about that because she's yeah. got a lot of flack. But anyways. But it's kind of turned into this thing of, you know, the CHM. There's nobody there. Well, at least when we started, there wasn't another podcast addressing it on a regular basis. I think you said that there was one, but it was like not no longer going or something like that. Yeah, because I, I would try to find it. The CHM mm -hmm. is this topic that I... Like it takes up a lot of my brain space. It does because you're so programmed to think a certain way yes. that our response are like, if you were to like drop everything, what was your response to it? I would bet you like my next paycheck that it was like programmed or fed by some type of CHM ideology. When I was leaving it too. So I, I had to, I had to answer these tough questions. Right. And still get to this day, I try to make sure that I still have the answers for those CHM questions, like, you know, with, with standards and second worker grace and all right. that kind of stuff. So I, I seek out kind of the the opposing viewpoint to see if I can defend against it or not. Right. And another thing, too, is uh, I would say this is probably one of the reasons why we have this podcast is why do we believe what we believe? This gives us a, a little bit of a space to be able to say, okay, 
why do I think it's okay for me to wear pants? Mm -hmm. And I can be able to speak how I feel about something and we're able to talk about it. And what does the Bible say? And we're able to kind of pour over it and like have a, a conversation about that. So this is like one of those, why we believe what we believe things for me. Let me add to that real quick. Sure. So if there is a mission statement, especially when we're talking about the CHM, I think it would be to let people know that are in it or have left that you're not alone in questioning these right. teachings. And then we try to, I try to encourage them to think for yourself, do your own yes. research. Mm -hmm. um, don't just take what you hear from the pulpit. MOG. Yes, from the <laughs> MOG. Don't just take that as gospel. Right. Truth never fears a challenge. It's true. So challenge that sucker. So then I, I want to issue a challenge to you guys in Canaan and Mariah that you brainstorm and you come up with a mission statement that incorporates mm, those things. I, I think it's awesome for your social platform to, for people to know, Hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Or maybe these people are somebody that I could reach out to and say, Hey, I've been there and I need some help. And, and you guys are gathering resources all the time yeah. to point in good directions. So it's going to segue me to my next question. What did it cost you to walk away from the CHM? Has it, has it cost you family relationships? Has it cost you friendships? Has it cost you social interactions? Because for me personally, I have encountered people that I used to be social with, whatever, and this isn't a big town, um, but they no longer speak to me. That's not always the case. And, and thank God that it hasn't been across the board 100% of the time, but it, it has happened. And so I'm just wondering, because you've chosen to walk away and you've chosen to have a voice on um, the internet, what does it cost you? So I had somebody tell me the other day, they said, Phil, what you guys are saying is brave. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, and not at all. Because, now maybe more so on Canaan and Mariah's part. Because they live in Indiana, in the heart of CHM country. I don't want to speak for them uh, completely, but I think even as, as much as, what, maybe four or five years ago, they used to go to like the Christmas programs and stuff at like UBC. They knew a lot of people. Up there, there's so many CHM people. You usually wind up, that's your job connections. You know, you wind up working with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. All that. <clears throat> so for them, yeah, probably a little more brave. For me, it's, it's not. Because, yeah, I had these questions while, while dad and pap, which would be my grandpa, right. while they were alive, I just kept most of these questions to myself because mom was very much CHM at the time. Yes, she uh, was. Dad very much was, and my grandpa very much was. Now, Pap and Dad have, you know, they, they kicked a bucket. They're gone. Right. And Mom has, through some very uh, slowly introduced conversations, she's left the CHM as well. So it's really not brave for me. So I would like to say, in a way, it really hasn't cost me a whole lot to do this, other than I do, as much as I like to think I don't, I think that people's opinions still do carry a, a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And so there's always that thing of like, so you get a, somebody pushing back on you and you're like, all right, I, whatever they said, I have to justify 
you know, right. I, I have to defend against whatever it is that anybody right. says. But really, for me, there's not a whole, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot. What about you, miss? My family, I, I say this with love. My parents are still very much CHM. They're, while they are not members of any group right now, they are definitely still CHM. And in the process of that, I, I do have some friends who are also CHM on Facebook. And I've kind of been going through and weeding out certain people. So to clarify... Are they only CHM on Facebook or are they, they're in the CHM and they're friends with you on Facebook? Right. Okay. Yes. Cause I just want to make sure you're just saying that it's not that they're just CHM on Facebook and yeah. they live. How- <laughs> no, no. Um, to answer yes or no, instead of just like making a big, huge explanation, I do feel like there has been a little bit that has been sacrificed coming from what I came from because I have a lot of friends had a lot of friends who were in the CHM who I know for sure do not support what I do. Uh One of my childhood friends who I thought was going to be a friend to the end. She doesn't support this. She got into it at all. Yeah. No, I'm basically shunned when it comes to her. And if I could say something else, LaDonna, that's why I, I'm actually very thankful for people like, you know, and Grace Story agreed to come on. Yes. Um, we just had uh, Amateur Faith Night. They come on. They're not from the CHM tradition, but, and then when, when we had Natalie on, I'm actually mm-hmm. very thankful for that because it's, it's kind of getting to the point where if you're a Christian and if you have any kind of ties to the holiness movement, right? it's, it's not popular to, to talk to us. No, it's not. Or to, you know, to, to be perceived as supporting us in any way. So I really do appreciate you know everybody that comes on because you know yeah, it can cost you something. Those storybooks is it like Jeanette Oak or whatever she no Beverly Lewis the Shunning like <laughs> for sure yeah. it is definitely a thing. The CHM shuns and encourages the lack of communication with those outside the movement. Well, and to be fair, it's not just the CHM; it's the IFB. It's oh, yeah. the it's the, you know, the, um, the Pentecostal movement too, because on, you know, that in the groups that I'm on on Facebook, I see it. People are like freaking out right now, especially at the holidays because their family members are not accepting them because they no longer attend a certain church or they don't dress a certain way. So, and I, I understand that because I received letters from family members that, you know, said we were going to hell and taking our children. So I understand mm-hmm. that it does cost you something. Do you have friends inside the CHM that are still trying to get you to quote unquote, come back home? You're a prodigal that needs to come back home. Do you have friends that are doing that? I would say that Doug, definitely. And I think, I think he would be okay with me saying that. So there's certain people that either fully support us, but they think we are sadly like mistaken and they want us to come back. Yeah, there is some of that too. But they're still our friends. Yeah. Which I appreciate. I, I do. really do. I appreciate Because it. this goes back to, uh, is it Penn and Teller, that one guy, 
He said, if I know someone is, is like rushing towards hell and I don't do anything to stop them from going in that direction. Then do you really love them? Do right. you really love them? Right. I get it. Because he was talking about how someone witnessed to him and he's an atheist. He's a known atheist. I haven't gotten it because of the podcast, but I do know that sometimes they can be overbearing. Oh, yeah. Now, like I said, Doug is not. Right. You know, and some of these, I don't think. In fact, everything you've told me, like, you you really appreciate everything he's said. He's cool. He's cool. He completely disagrees, but he's willing to hear me out, which I appreciate. Which you don't get very much. Let me just say that. you You don't get that very much in the CHM. But there have been times, like at camp and all that, when oh, yeah. I remember when I was still in, there'd be this whole thing of like, you know, I'm just really, uh, really concerned about your, you know, just this whole thing. Of, and, and they would leave you like, oh my Lord, I'm going to hell. Yeah. And so, yeah. But I think there are some, to answer your question, LaDonna, I think there are some that would like to see us oh, for sure. come back to the quote fold. So I listened to your um, podcast where you had the list of things that you wrote down that you heard preaching against. So I have a question. Since leaving the CHM and based on your recent list of things you heard preached as sin, how have you found balance in your freedoms or have you found balance? I would say, yes, I have, but it was a bit of a journey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had some mistakes along the way. I think I had to learn that just because I could do something didn't mean I had to. And didn't mean that I necessarily knew how to. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Exactly right. Exactly right. right. I'm, I'm very careful now to just say that something is sin, whereas used to, you know, miss, we had, we could pretty much, right. I mean, I could figure out a way to, well, I mean, that set of drums right there would be, because it's drums. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, I feel that I have found balance, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it has been a journey and I've made some mistakes along the way. I would say that one of the biggest things I've done since leaving the CHM and it wasn't makeup. It wasn't cutting my hair. It was wearing pants. I think that was the biggest thing for me. And I actually had someone message me and be like, you liked how a skirt made you feel ladylike and it made you feel classy. And I was like, yes, I did say that. But I also find found that statement very arrogant to a point because I was trying to say like, for me, it was just like, it was prideful of me. I liked how a skirt made me look. And it was definitely a prideful statement I made while I was still wearing skirts. So you changed your mind, which I apologize to her. Yeah. And I apologized to her. And I said, I am very sorry for that statement that I made because I made it seem like those who don't wear pants or those that do wear pants are not trying to look classy or dressy or anything like that. And I, I really, it really kind of hit me in the face just how prideful of a statement I had made. And so for me, wearing pants has been a big step. I didn't immediately start wearing pants. We left the CHM and I was wearing skirts for what, how long? Oh, it was years afterwards. And I just, I ordered a pair and they were like maternity pants and I love them because I had like a long tunic thing. Like even now I wear stuff over the top of it that covers my butt. So I'm covered. And if I wear like a shorter shirt, not that anybody else has to do what I do. I just like to make sure that it's I'm just the covered. balance that you found. Yep. Yes. And it's more hippie style. <laughs> anybody that knows <laughs> me knows that I love bell bottoms. So I have found that balance for me to still be modest, 
but still partake of the evil. <laughs> the evil. <laughs> what a way to put it. Uh, well, it's a CHM version of it. <laughs> I'm doing the most terrible thing possible. I'm wearing men's clothing. According to them, yes. Yeah. So you answered my next question of what does your walk with the Lord look like now? Um, since you don't have a list, how do you walk in holiness? So you you kind of started to answer that. Um, so what, how does it? How do you walk in holiness? I reserve the right to change my opinions <laughs> at any time. With the <laughs> this, I because think, I am still working out a lot of these opinions. Yeah. Me and uh, another CHM buddy of mine. We have some really in-depth conversations mm-hmm. where we bounce stuff off each other. I've referenced him many times, and he usually gives me a call, or I will call him, vice versa. He usually comes and he's like, right. I heard you mention me. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we do talk about how there are some things we just don't have decided yet. We don't know yet. Right. And um, I think for him, the second work is one of those things. He's like, I don't know definitely yet. He's mm-hmm. like, and I may not know for years. He's like, I'm right. still I'm still looking into this. But for me, I think it's kind of God progressively shows me areas. And yep. I feel like I even had one of those kind of, quote, revelations today where it's just like, Phil, this is not right. Like this attitude you had or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you need to work on that. And right. so, I, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. Please help me with this. And so I feel like that just I continually, I continually try, I guess, is yes. what I feel like. It is. As far as what does my walk look like with, with God, I mean, there's a lot of things that I do now that I would have condemned somebody to hell for mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. I mean, it's no secret. I, I, I like cigars, and you know, everybody pretty much knows how we feel about alcohol, mm-hmm. things like and Those were right. absolute no-nos. We couldn't even associate with anyone. You can't even go down the alcohol aisle Absolutely at Walmart. Absolutely not. Even if the pop aisle was on the other <laughs> side. I remember feeling <laughs> well, bad we we because could. I walked down the the aisle. Wait, it was that bad for you? One side. That's that's just how I felt. Okay. That was back when I wasn't still a part of the CHM movement. It, I felt bad just walking down the beer aisle because there was beer on one side and there was pop on the other side. Because I was worried someone else would see me down there and be like, "Oh, she's on the pop aisle." There was always with, that too. Uh, with alcohol. Yeah. Yep. You cared what people thought. I will say this though, I feel that my walk with God is. There are times that I feel more disgusted with myself mm-hmm. because I realize the sin that I struggle with mm-hmm. more so now than when I was CHM. Cause we used to just call stuff mistakes. Right. And now I realize that, Oh, there's, you know, there's sin in the way I responded to that person or something like right. that. But I also feel more at rest knowing that, that Christ is enough. Right. And I'm just going to keep trying my best. And I don't mean to say that neither too, cause we'd always hear, here I go responding to the CHM voice in my head. Uh huh. We would always hear this thing of, like the sinning religion just gives you license to sin and people can just go do whatever they want. You can just want. go hog wild. I'm not trying yeah, to say that at all. all. Right. I'm, when I say try your best, I absolutely mean that. And then just trust that Christ is enough. Well, what you said uh, about being more disgusted with yourself, it reminds me of um, that great Calvinist John Piper. <laughs> <laughs> the, the greater, the, the closer you get to the light of Christ, the more it reveals the sin and you know, the, the closer you to get to the Lord, the more you see your need for him basically. Um, you know, and, and one of the elders at our church says you need to be about the business of killing sin every day. You know, it is a battle 
a daily battle. And I think we had this conversation earlier today, you and I in the in the group chat yes. about just you're born and then you start growing and you keep growing until you die. And it is a daily walk with the Lord to submit is what I'm about to do going to be pleasing to you? And if it's not, pick me, let me know. And it's not what someone else has said. It's what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Yes. One of the best things for me as I'm learning about more about holiness, um, it's definitely you have the Holy Spirit showing you like you probably shouldn't be doing this or you probably shouldn't have had that attitude with that. Or you kind of said something that was a little bit, you know, it was a little wrong. It led to the wrong impression or, or something like that. Like we have that guidance that we need just to live a holy life, but it's not about us or about any works that I can do. And since leaving the CHM, I've really been growing in learning who God really is in that no matter what I do, God is going to love me. And I remember being younger thinking that God's going to be like, oh, you did this, you did this, and I don't love you anymore. Like that, just that thought of he's not going to love me anymore. But you cannot really sit there and tell me that you actually can picture God telling you, imagine God saying, I don't love you anymore. Can you picture God saying that? And I remember hearing a really good- I used to. But I, I don't feel that way now. I don't feel that at all. I feel like God, no matter what, he's always going to be chasing me and he's always going to be loving me and trying to make me the better person that he meant for me to be. And I don't remember feeling that when I was in the CHM. I feel that now his love is going to be constant. One of the things that was very clear to me early on that made me just... um it jarred my thinking because I used to feel that way. I was a complete disappointment to God, not going to love me, was that I had a child, I had a son, and he was always now going to be my son. He was always going to be my son, no matter what he did, no matter where he went, no matter what he got into or out of or whatever, he was always going to be my son and he could never stop being my, my child. And a lady said that to me, she said, LaDonna, you have been born into the family of God. You are God's child. You can never not be his child. He is always going to pursue you with his love, just like you would pursue your son and and desire the best for him and love him. And you may be frustrated and you may, he may have done something that has kind of put a breach in your relationship, but you're pursuing to fix that relationship with him and figure out what it is you have to do to get that closeness back. And that's the same thing that God does with us. But I never knew that. I I was not taught that when I was growing up. It was, God wrote your name on the board with a chalk, and you messed up, your name's off the board. And then you got to back over and start again and get your name on the board, and then he's just waiting um, to to take your name off the list. Yes. And that's not, that is not who he is. Um, and so, I, I totally get what you're saying, Missy. Um, he... He loves us even more than we love our own children, which yes. as new parents, I'm sure you can't even imagine Mm-mm. that loves you more than you love Anderson. Yeah. But it's 
it's true. Yeah. Like we're willing to give up the most important things in life. Like just if he were to run out in the street, we would jump out there and do the exact same thing. I, I listened to it real quick. I listened to a lot of CHM sermons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was listening to one today. It was an old one. And I almost found it sad mm-hmm. how it is portrayed that you better be careful yep. because something could unawares mm-hmm. knock you out of relationship with Christ Yeah, to where God all of a sudden is like, he's going to hell. Right. And, and, and you might be trying, but you better yep. be careful. Yep. Something. Something might, could come I remember in the way. Just, I can remember that feeling like, oh my Lord. Oh, wow. The Some, constant fear. Yeah. What if there's, yep. there could be something missed I don't know about. That might all of a sudden, boom, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm going to hell. Yeah. And it's, it's such a sad picture of God's grace that's painted to people. But. It almost takes away God's mercy. Yes, it does. Like the, the mercy is completely gone. His grace. There's nothing there. We talked about your friends being concerned, you know, saying, I'm concerned for you. I'm worried about you. I find myself being worried about my friends inside the CHM. Yes. Yeah. That there's more. I know that there is, there is freedom and there's there's rest, rest because I see them working themselves to death. Um, there, and there's rest in Christ. Um, and so I, I want to continually say, hey, can we have a conversation about what I've found, and can I share that with you? Can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. Uh, Did you and Melissa have theological struggles in your marriage before you got out? Well, I know we had that trouble that we talked about dating. With divorce and remarriage? Uh Yes. Yeah. Has there been anything? I don't think so. I mean, there was the stuff like where I'd be nervous because like we'd go to Texas Roadhouse or something. We went to Texas Roadhouse. I was afraid somebody would see me there. I don't think we really did because we would talk about things and we would be like, okay, what does the Bible say about this? And if we disagreed about it, we were like, okay, but what about this? And we'd be like, we would really talk about it with each other. So I honestly feel that that whole thing, as much as it makes me look like a fool, which I was, (laughs) the whole thing about divorce and remarriage, when I say that it started a domino effect, it honestly did. Yeah. And I feel like that that actually helped me and you because then when we did get married, uh, we were both kind of on this path of why. Yeah. And I need to figure out why. And so I think, I think we kind of went down that path together, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Because we would ask, you know, why does the Bible say it's wrong to uh, cut your hair? Or why does the Bible say it's wrong? And we were like, wait, the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to cut your hair. <laughs> we would like actually do research together. And as people in the church would be like, well, the Bible says this, this, and this. And we're like, yeah, that's great. The Bible does say that. But it doesn't say it's wrong to wear jewelry. It doesn't say it's wrong for certain things. So we were kind of like, if anything, they were proving the point that we were trying to make. So we were able to kind of discover it together and be like, yeah. The Bible's very clear. It says, you know, don't be a drunk. I think there were some sometimes that maybe I'd figured it out in my head, mm-hmm. but emotionally I was still tied to something. Right. I'm trying to think exactly what an example of that. I would be like, okay, I, I don't really think there's anything wrong with this. But then when we would go, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> I know. <Dang> it. 
<laughs> we get along very well. We do. <laughs> and when we don't, we don't. <laughs> Ask Kanan. Oh, yeah. Kanan's been there. He's been like, oh, boy. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Was Missy reluctant to leaving the CHM or were you the more reluctant one? Or were either one of you reluctant? Because I know in my story, my husband fought it um, tooth and toenail and... And like right now, I need to go out there and tell him to turn down his RC Sproul sermon. He's listening to. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I would say I, I'm probably more reluctant than you are. See, I thought the exact opposite. Really, you thought you were more? I did because, like, I was still going to BMC camp. Well, but we did our leaving after we got married, right? That's right. You did still go to the I know. camp. I know. I'm thinking in my head, like there's certain things. Because I refused to go. You would not go. And I was like, I was trying to go. I'm thinking, it's like going to Clinton camp for me in my head. It's like you going to Clinton camp. So I was like, yeah, it'd be awesome to bring Phil with me. And like, I can induce him to my friends who I know are like definitely still in the CHM, but they're not in the CHM because they're holding their cell phones out the window so they can have internet or wearing fireman's pants. When they go oh, to, yeah. there's all these things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thanks. That I can, I, I was like, okay, I want to go do this. And Phil was like, absolutely not. He would not go with me at all. I remember because I went on Cheap Mountain mm-hmm. camping. Yeah. You, you were going to Cherrytown, right? <laughs> uh huh. Up in PA. Yep. The BMC camp. And I was like, I was terrified of BMC ser- from early on. I seriously had the funnest time though. I was myself. I did not have to put on a face. Granted, I wore a lot of the CHM kind of clothes. But it was like for me, it was more out of respect because I was with my parents and I, I, I love my parents. And if it means that it makes them happy for me to put on a skirt, I will put on a skirt if we're going to go like to something there. Not that they are forcing me, but I do do it out of respect. How did you guys find a church? Did you visit multiple places? Yes. 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 We stayed in what was a, quote, CHM church. Yeah. The church in Webster, which was always given the um, the label of black liberal. Black sheep. Yeah, it was the black <laughs> sheep of the Holiness Movement. It was liberal. Right. Quote liberal. Uh, it was kind of one of those, it was in a denomination, and that's about it. Most of right. the attenders, they, they couldn't tell you what to second work. I had no idea. The attenders loved Jesus, and they yes. were so willing to support exactly. each other, and they really were like a family um, some we of stayed them, there for a while until some other issues. It wasn't really, it wasn't CHM related. Just, no, we decided no, it was time for us to move was, on. 
And then we did, we looked for, and even before we settled down to go to that church, we mm-hmm. looked for a little while. We'd, we we'd try this one, try that one. Then afterwards, we would try like the first Baptist church in Philippine. And we'll you went try. to a Baptist church down here. Yeah, went to the Southern Baptist church, and everybody was... You went to a Pentecostal church in Beelington. In Beelington. One that, or further like down the road. I know you went to like three or four different ones. I did. The, the Southern Baptist... Most United Methodists around here, the average age is 95. <laughs> the Southern Baptist church, the average age is 97. And... <laughs> It's like oh I was like no. We tried the Southern the <laughs> the First Baptist for a while. Still like them, but right. actually, you know, I like that preacher and stuff there. John Villers, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Haven of Hope, which mm-hmm. is where we attend now. Yes, I think there probably are theological differences. And Howard might very well listen to this. Howard Swick, and the that's pastor, fine. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes from a similar uh, similar background. He came from the Nazarene Church, but kind of after the Holiness Movement had already left the siege, right. but there was still enough of that flavor he knows kind of what we came from he know, yeah, exactly um a little more pentecostally than i care for <laughs> it's and it took me some convincing well, and that, let me say this though too that is something that we've had to almost get adjusted to because i will say this that for you you definitely have to get used to it but growing up in africa the singing True. the dancing like True. certain, not that they get up and start waltzing everywhere, but like they actually. Can we can we be clear that this is not like a tongues church? Like, right? We're not talking like Benny Hinn, nothing like no. that. No, it's just I think they believe in it, but like nobody really does. They're it. very charismatic. They are very very like you know how we go to a football game and we just sit there and we're just like yeah, go Mountaineers. Yeah. Okay, that's exactly how we are in church. We get excited about which was Jesus, an adjustment, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I've also taken the approach that I don't have to agree 100% Absolutely. with a church or with the pastor or whatever to be able to because realize that they are brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and I'm here to worship with them. Because so. we will have differences. Like, it's, it's normal to have differences. Right. If we were the exact same, like, even snowflakes aren't the same. I mentioned this to my dad. Like, if people start ripping us apart because, you know, we do go to a church where some people do believe in tongues. But they're not, like... They they do it personally, and that's their own personal walk with God. I personally don't do it. I ain't sold on it. I'll I, just put exactly. that out there. I'm not sold on it, but, but I can but disagree with him. My dad, who is a definite CHM person, he said, he said the reason why the church does not CHM church does not want to address where Paul talked about in the Bible is because they do not understand it. Paul obviously there was a reason Paul brought it up in the Bible and talked about it. But it was like the least of the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you do speak that. in tongues. So that's another conversation completely. <laughs> it is. But it um, is. yes. Well, it, the thing to remember is there are essentials and there are non-essentials. And the essentials are important. Yes. And agree on the essentials, you know, what you feel about um, God and the virgin birth and, you know, the word and, and things like that. Anything other than that, if it's not essential to salvation, it's, it's okay. You can believe that. And I can not believe that. And we can still be good. Um, LaDonna, that's, that's something that whenever I was in, we would look at everybody that was more strict than us. Mm -hmm. We looked at that as the non-essentials. 
but everybody that was less strict than us, that was the essentials. Right. So like even with some of the Mennonites, because they dress stricter and stuff, we'd be like, good people. We can yeah. just we'll worship with them. But yeah. Mm-hmm. If they come to our camp. But then yeah, everybody if that they was come more, to ours, yes. that's the thing. But everybody that was more liberal, we're like, Nope, that's essential. So we didn't know like this whole thing of uh, you know, essential and non essential was just right. I had no understanding of it. Right. Okay. Everybody good? I want to move on. Mm-hmm. Like three questions left. <laughs> okay. But they're big ones. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So I found it interesting that you talked about dating in your podcast at such a young age. Cause I think you said you were like 15 when you, that girl was listening to that awful, sinful bluegrass yeah. music. Yeah. You were younger than 15 when you first started. With I her. started, uh, <laughs> I was 14, I think. Yeah. Uh huh. So it reminds me of a previous conversation that we had about the CHM sexualizing everything. So now that you're a father, how do you think you'll talk to your son about relationships when he's a young man? Oh, boy. Could you have underestimated a little bit more, LaDonna, when you said these were big questions? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. When she said big, she meant oh, massive. Oh, man. She meant huge. Okay. This is, this is nothing again. For my parents that are listening, I love you guys and I appreciate everything you guys like taught us. But for me, looking back, I wish there had been more communication and instruction on relationships as a teenager. All I got was you can't do it till you're 18. And had no idea what it was. Yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> Because in the world, doing it uh, means like you're going all the way. Like your guys are having sex. And that's not it at all. They they were just talking about dating and stuff. They were just meeting dating. (laughs) So for me, I look like, and he's he can't date till he's like 65, just so we're clear. (laughs) But (laughs) when he gets old enough to, I really hope that he is able to trust us enough to have the open conversation that you and I are able to have be like, mom, I like this girl. Can you like talk to me about like what, what makes a nice date or or something like that, that we're able to have that communication. Cause like right now he's all just like goobly goobly gook. He actually asked me that the other day, (laughs) but he knows, he knows that we're there for him. And I want him to continue to know that as he gets older, but I want him to be able to trust us enough to talk to us. I, I plan on being much more plain with him. Yes. Then, and again, I want to put that caveat in there too. Mom did a fantastic job. Yes. She was, you know, we were all in the CHM and we worked with what we had. Yes. And mom did a great job. I, I think I've talked about Absolutely. that some before. Right. But you did not say the word sex. Mm-hmm. That word was not mentioned. Mm-hmm. So therefore, because there was the stigma, I think that, was it was it David Iker that said we need to make it more acceptable to discuss it? Maybe it was John Hopkins too. Yeah, we, we need to discuss these things more. Yes, and not make it this thing of like, oh, just shut up because that's dirty talk, and then therefore you're just stumbling around the dark. Um, I want to be much more plain with him. Um, I think <laughs> I think my dad tried to have the talk with me mm-hmm. one time. He got about three sentences into it, veered off, and that was it. <laughs> and that was like he when was we done. were dating, right? Oh, it was much before then. Oh, was it? And okay. It, that, that was it. That was I, I learned about, you know, the, the way that things function 
uh, from a what a seventh grader in health class, he turned around and he's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what we get to learn about here? <laughs> and he he proceeded to tell me because I had no idea. And but yeah, just all of that. I, I I think I'll I'll be more plain with him. Even even right now though, I find it funny, and I'm going to say this, and you can take it out. But you're having a hard time saying the word sex. You're having a hard time saying that. I guess so. It is weird. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah, I guess be more open with him. I want to. I don't know how else to put it. Um, I don't know. Man, there's so many other. Other like levels to that answer, but yeah. Can I weigh in a little bit yeah, go here? Ahead. Okay. So your mom and I are the same age. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play your mom here. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I have two boys. I have two uh for lack of a better word, healthy American boys. <laughs> that, <laughs> and that I am married to a healthy American man. <laughs> Great interest in this subject. Um, but I would just say the best way to fix this issue within the CHM is to change our way of thinking towards each other as looking at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and teaching your children from a very young age that these little girls are they are your family and you treat them with respect, but you can be friends and it's not a, you know, if a boy and a girl are hanging out, it's not a little boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Diffuse that situation right up front. And if you have a church where there's lots of kids, invite all of the kids to the birthday party. So they get used to being around girls mm-hmm. and it's not a weird, awkward thing. And then talking to them about marriage as a covenant relationship rather than a sexual contract. Um, that, that changed everything for us when we first came to the church we're at. They, their weddings are incredible because they celebrate covenant and it's not just getting married and, you know, you're going on the honeymoon and woohoo, right. but this is a covenant relationship as the symbol of Christ and his church. And it is celebrated as a, the gospel meeting creation and coming together in this beautiful picture, this beautiful display. And it, it changes the focus of it becoming something spiritual and then we can have conversations with our kids about you build a relationship, a friendship. And then when your heart is a little bit more mature, because I know I, I, I had a boyfriend. I, dude, I was kissing a guy in the girl's dorm at Clinton camp and I was 13. He was 18. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up with this either, but. I would just say to we got to make it normal to talk about yes your body has feelings and your body's going through changes and there are safeguards that we can put in place and if you're struggling come to us and talk about you know hey I really you know I get nervous around this girl what's that about it didn't happen you know 2 months ago but now it does um right. but to change this 
this thing of any time spent together automatically becomes a sexual relationship. No, it doesn't. It, it, it just is a friendship between brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something that I feel like it needs to, because it, because sex is a very adult, um, issue and, we are putting adult issues on children's shoulders that they don't have any way to carry that. Right. It's too much point. to expect them to understand what happens when this, this act takes place. So I, I just, I was like, you know, you talked about dating at a really young age and I get it. I, I do. I get it. I mean, my husband, uh, I don't know. Maybe you can edit this out. Yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My. It, it's just how how they've. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but you know, the Bible colleges are still perpetuating this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're exactly uh, right. So, which leads me into another question <laughs> about the Bible colleges. Uh huh. So I saw somebody on your broadcast facebook page left a comment which have you turned off comments on that page uh no no we haven't okay because i couldn't find it the other day but they asked you why you bother to talk about the bible college standards if you don't consider yourself chm so what is your motivation for pointing them out is it here's the thing is it mockery is it poking fun is it exposing them? Is it your background in the Allegheny Wesleyan? Because you said you went to an AWC church. I did. I grew up in one of those, yes. So address the question of why do you bother to talk about Bible colleges if you don't consider yourself CHM? That's a very good question. You mind if I go first? No, go ahead. I feel that the rules at Bible colleges are a symptom and an indicator of the rules of the broader CHM. Right. They won't say that. They'll say, well, that's just that college. Yeah. But find me one holiness preacher that will say that this rule is not, you know, that will preach something drastically different from the handbook of a CHM college. I know because I was there. I heard the sermons. They're very similar. Um. The CHM College Handbooks is just a spot where you can find them saying the quiet part out loud. Right. Now, as far as addressing it, I feel that if we talk about something like that, it's then easier for for us to show other people you weren't crazy in remembering some of this stuff. Because I've looked back on some of the sermons I heard and the movement, the side of the movement that I grew up in, it's hard to find them documented these days. Right. Because they still don't use live stream. And you'll begin to question yourself, like, did I actually hear that? Mm-hmm. And so I feel that actually throwing out the rules, the stuff that we find, has this effect of, oh, that's right. You know, I wasn't crazy. There it is. Right. And then we could say, okay, here's why I think that this is wrong. Um, now, they will say, well, just don't go to that college. And then they'll ignore the fact that there's college recruiters and pretty much every evangelist that comes to your church or camp will say every young person should attend Bible college. Mm -hmm. 
And so then for you to feel like that you are spiritually in a good place, you have to go, and then you have to put up with these rules that are supposedly supposed to make you closer to God. And on my end, I just I call BS, and that's that's why I think we talk. What about you? Um, for me, it's more <laughs> reason why I like to talk about it is because I actually went to Bible school. So for me, it's like reliving the <sighs> trauma. I'm going to use the word and because I've experienced it and because my dad also experienced it, but his experience was like way different because they were able to do pranks and all the fun stuff that they went with. My dad will tell you right now, the Bible missionary church of what it was back when he was a part of it in the eighties is completely different than what it was for me. Whenever I joined in 2007, times are changing and it's not for the better. And the handbooks will show that when it comes to like their stupid rules yes, and how they tailor things. And I talked about this today on, on a post where they were, um, <clears throat> why, why are you guys like bringing this stuff up and, and you're uh, misinterpreting things. And I said, well, first of all, the vagueness of these rules lets there you be that, able yes. to support your crazy ideologies mm-hmm. that are not biblical. And so that's what we're doing. We talk about it because it is not biblical and we're calling it out. So mockery, it go, kind of goes along with it because we kind of joke around. I looked up the definition of mockery the other day because okay. we, we were getting so yeah. accused of it. Right. Mockery is this, according to what I read, is this thing where, where you're making fun of someone with the purpose of putting them down to where other people look at them and are like, you fool. Yeah. You know, just like making them like with bad intentions. That's not what I'm trying to do. Okay. Now making fun, poking some fun, making oh, some, yeah. oh yeah, all day long, every day, absolutely, because that's that's kind of the culture we're used to. Right. I mean, we've said it before. Me and Kanan do that. All he calls me fat. I call him whatever. Yeah. Anything I could possibly think of, and it's just what we do. Now, do I want somebody to look at Kanan and be like, "You fat little"? <laughs> you yeah. No. You don't want them to we're poking fun. Now, look at him and say, "You fool," because in instance, fact, you don't. Right. Rodney Loper video that's been going around lately. Yeah. Some people's been upset okay. about it. Yeah, address that. To me, it's like, okay, he said some dumb things. And for those that aren't familiar, he said the F Which word. Which he 100% stands <laughs> in a behind. Sermon, okay. That's fine. And I get the point he was trying to make. He's like, don't say these words. And then he said the words. And it's at a CHM oh, college. It was during chapel. And to me, it's like, okay, dude, I'm going to laugh at that because that was obviously <laughs> a bad choice of words. Bad choice of words. Does that mean that I want everybody to look at Rodney Loper and be like, look at this, just look at you. Look at you, imbecile. No. Yeah, no. But I'm going to get some laughs out of it. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I like think, I posted on their thing, it said, <laughs> hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Does no. that answer it, LaDonna? So, you, you wouldn't say that you're mocking them? No. Uh, what about exposing Yes. Yes, 100%. I, sure. I'm fine with that. Penview wants you to sign a contract mm-hmm. that you will follow these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of them you actually have to send in an application, and so you have to pay for it too. So I'm sorry, I'm not paying Which for is something. weird because these people believe that they, they have the correct version of Christianity. Yes. And so they do this weird thing where they try to say, well, just don't come. But then they say, you really need to come here. They push, try to push They do this weird it. thing. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mind when, games. When somebody like us, they'll say, well, just don't go. But then to every young person, like, you really need to come. You need to really come over here. You can meet them. You can yeah. meet a spouse. If you're you following, if you're following God. God, you're yeah. going to go ahead. And, and then when you got somebody yep. that is young and impressionable, right. they're going to go, and then they're going to get hounded on for all these stupid, unbiblical rules, and they're right. going to feel bad. Case in point, Nicole Munson, I think yes. she did a fantastic job yes. of just explaining, like, how, how pressured you feel. You're just pressured. I find it interesting. Did you read a comment on, on the paper? Uh, Something about how... Like how, he was surprised, like that's how much he. Um, yes, uh, I did he read followed that. For that, and yes, yeah, I'm gonna have to find that. Rep- but it was very, very, a very good comment. So exposure, yeah, I believe it's unbiblical the the stuff that they want people to do, and then put it out there in the light. Um, let them defend it, as far as I'm concerned. And let me say one more thing. Yeah. I'll stop them. Uh, let people know exactly what they're getting into if they do decide to yes. to go there. So one of the things that I have observed and my brother and I have talked about looking over these pages of the handbooks that you've posted is that it, it sets up the kids for failure. Um, it automatically puts you at a place of them. They're, they're distrusting you. Mm-hmm. You're coming yes. here at a quote unquote adult. Most of the kids are going to college. They're probably 18 but they don't trust you to to make the right decision. They don't trust your relationship with the Lord for you to make the choices that you need to make to live a holy life. I understand. I I understand 100% that an organization needs to have some guidelines and some boundaries. My son is in the army. There's certain things he has to wear. Mm-hmm. There's certain places that he has to put medals or patches or whatever. Um, there's protocol and the Bible colleges are military institutions, bottom line. <laughs> but what they're doing is they're on my son's off time. He's free to do what he wants, but they're automatically telling you, I don't trust you. And you're, you don't have the enough light or you don't have the sense that you need to figure this out. And so we're going to tell you every single thing you can do from plucking your eyebrows yep. to wearing pantyhose. Yep. And so um, it just, it sets you up for failure. It sets you up for feeling inferior and it, it, it just gets you started down a road of going to the altar. And and my husband told me a story of one of his brothers. They all attended Bible college. Uh, And they had, I think he said it was Gerald Buston there in chapel. And he preached a great sermon. Lots of kids, lots of students went to the altar. And one of the professors went to one of my brother-in-laws and knelt down into his ear. And he said, this is embarrassing. All of these students are at the altar and it makes us look bad. You need to get up. Oh my Lord. Wow. So my brother-in-law did. He got up and he went back to his seat. Because the the professor was embarrassed that the students 
were all at the altar because it made them look bad like they weren't spiritual. And that's the kind of thing, you know, Nicole Munson talked about that with her experience, you know, did he do it this time? Um, can we move on or whatever? Um, it's, it's all of this outward stuff and the inward, the inward suffers and it, it, it makes you crazy and nobody's doing anything about the inside. We're all so focused on the outside. Yep. If I could say something here, I think that this is one of the the main flaws of the Christian perfection, second work of grace mm-hmm. type of doctrine, because it makes anybody that then goes to that altar, well, obviously they're having issues with something. They shouldn't be. The second work should be enough. Right. Whereas I feel the, the approach I've come to, and I feel that the more biblical approach is, I'll, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I got I got things I'm trying to work through. I always will. I will never stop trying, but I will have I've got things I'm trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. So don't don't bat your eye if you see me, you know, ask talking to God, me like I am sorry for what I just said or something mm-hmm. like that. Forgive me and and help me to have. But they don't have that option because that shows you're doing something. There's something wrong in the process, right? You didn't get the second work. You don't have the Christian perfection. Well, what are you doing down here? And and these are supposed at the Bible college. These are our future CHM leaders. Yeah, this looks bad. When it's like, no, these are normal people. They're going to have struggles. These people just admit it instead of covering it up, right? And never going yes. to the well, altar, or never asking somebody to pray for them because they have an issue. Because I know I've gone down to our altar because I I really felt like I was going through a hard time spiritually, and I just needed. I felt like I could get closer to God there. Yes. Not that. Not that God isn't able to reach me where I'm at, like where I'm sitting at, at the bench. For me, it was more... Because the altar is a modern contraption. It, it is. is. It right. is. And but I almost you. felt like I could... It was me exercising faith. You know how they always talk about that at the CHM? Like, you need to, you need to exercise faith and step out there. And, and like they use the story of the uh, prodigal son. He had to make his way back home. For me, I don't know why. There's For me, the altar there's that, something that, that about the altar where I feel I like yeah. I can go down there and I can just pour my heart out to God. You're more comfortable with it. It's Yeah, it's, it's what in, I've been raised ingrained. with. Yes. So for me, I'm like, I love the altar because I now see it as my friend. But whenever you're in the CHM movement, those that went there, it was because I was backslidden. I can remember as a teenager going to the altar. I don't remember what it was for. Maybe to pray for somebody else that I was really burdened about. Right. And people coming up to pray around you, and of course you can hear them. And they're like, yes. Lord, just really help him to surrender it all. And I'm like, dude, what? I'm not here for that. Yeah. But their yes. automatic assumption was, just let him settle it, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have their in their mind what the reason why you're there. Yeah. It's something you've done. You've done something wrong. One person saying, hang on, brother. And the other one's let go. <laughs> it's so yes, true. exactly. It's so true. I'm, I'm with Phil on the uh, whole altar thing. Um, I've seen it too many times of being like a uh, gossip gathering session. Oh, they yeah. want to hear, you know, the goo- the gooey stories. Um, or I've been the recipient of a good blessing out at the altar. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, when you have someone, you're trying to ask for forgiveness and then they just 
tell you exactly why they cannot forgive you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I am more the one who's after the, at the end of the service, we have elders in the front and the back. If you would like them to pray with you about something or gather your small group people around you, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's more my, you, you all are walking with me and I trust you, but this whole open altar, come down, see what you can hear, then go talk about it. Right. No. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm out on that. Okay. One last question and it's going to be a fun one. Okay. Somebody uh, texted me and they heard I was going to do this. They said, what in the heck does Phil do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> What do you do for a living, Ben? I, uh, I sew electrical parts. <laughs> it's true. I, I work for a, a commercial and industrial electric supply house, uh, like supplying automation stuff to coal mines, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, very non-glamorous, and it's nothing that any kid, if you ask them what they want to do when they grow up, they will never, they will never say they want to do what I, what I do. <laughs> but it but pays you the enjoy bills. it. It's a good cut. Yeah. Yep. That's what I do. Missy's a nurse. We know that. Yes. Missy's a nurse. Yes, I um, just got hired on working at a Catholic hospital working in the critical care unit. Oh, Lord. I hope the rapture doesn't take place while you're there. Oh. Because can can you get up to the roof? Can I get up to the roof? Yes, I will. In fact, I will be above. I will be past you whenever the rapture happens. (laughs) Yes. Because they are constantly like praying and all the stuff. They go around doing blessings. And yes, I will be ahead of you, baby. So I do have I, I do have one one more question. So um, going into the new year, what are your goals for the podcast for 2023? We got several things lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing that live outside of IHC Gatlinburg Convention Center? <laughs> I know why. I've seriously thought about it for people that <laughs> Ladonna, of course, this was her idea uh-huh. that there should be a gathering for, for Hillbilly Broadcast in Gatlinburg the same time as IHC. It is very tempting. Very tempting. Someone who contacted me and said, seriously, we need a meetup. We need a, 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 you know, if you're out in Indiana, say, hey, we're going to be here at such and such. Let's meet up at Golden Corral. Or if you're going to be in Pigeon Forge, let's meet up at whatever. But, you know, traveling and meeting your listeners and doing some autographs, man. Come on. (laughs) Some autographs, (laughs) I would love to do stuff. Like, the, the meetup thing is really, I would really like to do that. We've yes. talked about it a few times, miss. Maybe we should, Lord knows. I mean, there's. Well, let me just say this. As a nurse, I have a, a scheduled planner. You need to let me know what date this is. And let's put something into motion if it's supposed to happen. I do feel like Indiana would be a decent, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of CHM. Therefore, there's mm-hmm. a lot of XCHM yep. in Indiana. It's it, true. I still say Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge is the place to be. <laughs> oh, I still, I do like that. Hey, we, I've never been there, so it would be something really cool. We, need to, we do need to put something together as far as episodes going forward. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of episodes we're wanting to In talk fact, about. In fact, I mean, I've got people that will get a hold of me and be like, hey, what about this? Because uh-huh. <laughs> we've got several lined up. It's just a matter of kind of getting through the holidays. It's, it's going to take a bit of a darker turn, I think, the first of the year, because we're going to hit back on the on the um, sexual abuse side of it. Yeah. There's some people that's got some real stories yes. that are willing to, to say a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I can say about that, but we do got some, 
there are some things. I know uh, we had a podcast that we were wanting to do talking about um, how the CHM is it a cult. Um, I also have a few different people that are going to be giving some of their opinions about things uh, who are currently in or have left. I have like, I, I wanted to touch on that. Because I know some people are like, you can't say that they're a cult. No, I grew up with something. And if you look up the definition of all of that, it's yeah, it's yeah. a real big yeah. conversation. I think that'll be really good to have. I also want to do some more kind of the the profiling of stories like with Walter Bradshaw. I know we've we've mm-hmm. said we've been going to do that one for a while. Yep. But and really the purpose behind that is just to kind of show proof of don't just trust somebody without yes. you know, don't just trust them blindly. Because there are some bad apples out there, but yep, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we foresee, and then Lord knows what'll blindside us. And I I know another thing too. Um, I want to, and I, someone else had brought this up, and it's really good. I want to also start addressing the healing side of leaving the CHM. How there is hope. You mean put some more focus on that? I would think it would be very good to have a little bit of a where do we go from here? Cause there's people that are talking about it, but we need to also encourage them to reach out to people like Grace story. If they need help with that and be able to refer them to um, Dr. Graham, if they need help with their sexual abuse conversation and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and there's even a, a, a police detective that's got a hold mm-hmm. of us. Uh, I've talked with him as well. And he's like, feel free to give my number out for yep. somebody that's a victim that, might need to know what their next steps could be Yes, as far as on the legal side of things. But um, yeah, that's kind of what we see going forward. On a little lighter side, I would love to come back and do an episode on CHM weddings. Oh, yes. Yes. That would be interesting. Fun and interesting. And maybe even you guys with Mariah and Kanan or other, you know, have put it out there on your, um, on your social media and just say, Hey, tell us about your CHM wedding and what you were allowed to do, what you couldn't do, what you wanted to do. Um, all of those things would be super fun, especially like around June with wedding season and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, Cause you were a witness to a lot of those weddings, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've photographed some of those things. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh I can only imagine the stories. Train wrecks. Train- <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah, remember, heaven forbid you play um, I Tip My Hat to the Keeper of the Stars. That is country and western. <laughs> I know. Heaven but help you us. Know, that's saved for the reception where people really kick up their heels. Yes. Aww. Yeah, really kick up their heels. Yeah, we bust out the uh, Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I, or I, the sparkling cider. <laughs> I can remember when I would go to a, a CHM wedding, when I was still CHM. You'd sit there and you'd see how the bride, how her dress was. And if it was like too much down here on the shoulder, what a, just what a loose woman. <laughs> Make all these or, assumptions about no, her. No, 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 no. I shouldn't I, laugh. That was we, terrible. We, we probably shouldn't be talking about this right now because this is going to be in the future. And then my brother wants to know when you're starting a band. He wants to be the drummer. Was <laughs> Hey, you got a drummer? Like, like, he's ready to go. That's all Phil needs. Yeah. I've, I've said for... What you a just while. want a drummer. I just need a drummer. Yep. And then I can recruit somebody. Bass guitar is not that hard to play. Uh, sorry, Dan Downing. I don't mean to. <laughs> He's a bass player. <laughs> I take it all back. Yeah. Starting a band. I don't... There is talk about coming out to Indiana mm-hmm. to play a few shows. Mm-hmm. I have nothing set in stone yet, but 
Uh, have him give me a call. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.